Yes, people, it's episode 214 of the Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously, coming through like a garage DJ. DJ. You know when the advert used me on the radio, radio. Ladies in free before 11 p.m. Gentlemen, no sportswear, no caps, no trainers. That's what, that's the energy we're coming through with. 2114, 214, that's not even a number. We're going to carry on anyway to the podcast. Shout out to all the listeners locked in. Yeah. Oh, hold tight. Hold tight, you man there. Listen in the car. You in the headphones. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, anyway, what well, I don't know what I'm talking about today. It's uh, a <laughs> complete energy shift there. You know, there was there was no 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 gear shift. Didn't downshift. I went just from fifth gear down to one. There, just boom. Just went from gear to C. To you, right? How you doing? Ah <laughs> oh, dear. But uh, yeah, it is Sunday the uh, what the seventh of March, uh, and um, I'm chilling indoors, the wife's outside walking, getting fresh air in, I've already been out, uh, went to Tesco, obviously it's just like the highlight of the month, or every two, three weeks I go to Tesco, it's, it's wonderful, I have a great time in there, uh, you know, just seeing what new things there are, I'm just trying to navigate how to walk around Tesco with a face mask on and my headphones in. So I can't lip read, nor can I hear. So I just kind of shout too loudly if someone's in my way, just like, sorry, sorry, excuse me, sorry. And because you've got the face mask on, they can't really tell if that voice is coming from me or not. So, you know, they see a six foot black guy, but then hit, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just um, navigating that, and it's fun. You, you know, you're making eye contact with someone, and you're trying to say, I'm going to go left, and they go left. And you're trying to go right, and they go right. And you, ca- you can't even tell whether you're having a laugh about it, because you can't even smile to ease the tension. You're just staring at each other dead in the eyes. It gets real primitive, real David Attenborough. Yeah, proper in aisle, in aisle four, in the Tesco Extra. The young man is encountered by a young female who both have trolleys full of groceries. This isn't a mating dance, but it's a dance that may turn into something more violent. As the male tries to navigate the female's trolley, they clash trolleys. But with his headphones in, he cannot tell if the lady is okay with the accidental nudge or she thinks this is an engagement of combat. <laughs> you know, and you just don't know. It's wild in Tesco now. But um, that's where we are after lockdown. That's uh, that's the highlight of my week, Tesco. Trying to put myself into the barbers. When that opens up, they don't have their online booking service yet. I could just drop my barber a message, slide into his DMs on Insta to say, what's happening? Can I book myself in for when the world opens up? So I can have a fresh trim. But I don't know. We'll see. See what happens there. But what's been going on in the week? Um, what has been going on in the week? I, I wrote one thing down. Just one. Maybe two. Coming to America. That was on. I watched that because I thought it's a cultural moment. And everyone's going to have an opinion on it. 
and I can't be the only one that doesn't have an opinion on it because if I went by all of my um, Facebook thing, it was um, do what it, it's it's clearly not a great film because everyone who likes it was just like yeah man this is cool that's me that's Camp Armin. yeah man it's cool and everyone who doesn't like it. It was like they were heartbroken. It's like they found out their dad wasn't their dad. It's nuts. People were really hurt. It's like, she just left it alone, man. She just left it alone. It was crap. Why did they do this? Why did you even bother bringing back a sequel? Just leave it. And then, you know, you got some people really fucking edgy. Like, I never even liked the first one anyway. Oh, I didn't think that was funny anyway. And it's like, yet you watched the second one. I didn't like the first one, but the sequel 30 years later, I watched that just so I could bitch and moan online. I am cool. Shut up! Um, but yeah, there was a few people really loved it. Um, and shout out to you people who really loved it. You just took it for what it was. That's what I did. I took it for what it was. It's a light- The first film was light-hearted and it was a bit of nonsense when it first came out. So why people thought this was going to be some kind of cinematic blockbuster when it's come 30 years later? You see, it's like, huh? People are like, what's up with the accents? The accents, what's up with the accents? I saw someone go, no, no, people felt when Cool Runners came out. No, because Jamaica's a real place, all right? So that's one thing. So there's no such thing as a Zamundan accent. So don't worry about that. Now, is it a general African accent? Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. And was their general African accent any good? Of course it wasn't. Dreadful. But <laughs> what I'm trying, trying to say is, they know that. It's all stupid. They all feel stupid. But it was funny. It was funny. It was light entertainment. And, um, and everyone who watched it, and you posted a Facebook status about it, and you didn't. Uh, you, you know, you 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 po- you posted these Facebook statuses about it, but you didn't bloody uh, mention two very key things in there, right? Two essential components in this film. And that's Donzamo Mbaffa and Kiki Lane. You didn't mention them at all. These are very um, talented. <laughs> talented uh, actresses, uh, actors. You, you don't, it's a job, so you don't distinguish through gender, which I get. Two uh, talented actors. They're uh, very, very talented. Uh, yeah. They, they're wonderful. Ah <laughs> uh, dear, but no, it's fine, man. I saw people talking about that Tiana Taylor in the film. I mean, yep, she looked good, but she she wasn't these two. She wasn't Kiki or Nonzamo. No, see, uh, is it Nonzamo or Nonzamo? I've never, I've, I haven't heard her say it. But um, yeah, I was like, who are these two though? These are like the second and third best looking women I've ever seen. Obviously, the first best looking woman is my wife. Ah, see, you just got always got to say that, guys. Always, yeah. Just whenever you see a woman, just get it locked into your head. That's the second best looking woman I've seen. 
just that's how you get yourself out of it. That's how you can be a full blown creep, and your woman can't say anything. Babe, babe, look at her. She's the second hottest woman on this street. <laughs> Saying that, my wife and I we were uh, we were in London on Thursday, and this woman was walking towards. Um, it was a prime example of how basic we are as men. This woman was walking towards me. And uh, you've heard it in songs before, but you know when the back, yeah, the bottom, the booty, the back off, whatever you want to call it, the bunda (laughs) was so big that you could see it from the front. Like, I, so we was turning the corner and I could see this woman walking, like, so she was going to end up walking past us and in front of us. And in my head, I, I saw the ass and I was like, but I don't want to look. And then I said, how do I navigate this? Because this woman's going to end up walking in front of us. And I've just got to kind of look normal about this. You know what I mean? Because like, you don't look, don't want to look like you're trying not to look so hard that like, you have no self-control in life. Like, that's not a good look either, guys. There's, there's one thing just gawping at another woman. That's not good. But there's nothing where you, you know, you may be looking forward and you now walk with your head to the sky, chin pointed at the person. Just like, I'm not looking... I mean, your partners are looking at you like you've got needs. Um, so I was thinking, all right, uh, let me just see, let me just navigate this. Meanwhile, as I'm thinking that, my wife goes, you reckon that's real? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? what? What are we talking about? Like, huh? What's real? I don't know. Huh? And uh, we were just analysing this woman's bottom. We were just saying, well... I'm not. I think so because her legs are big, and so that looks normal. Because look how small her waist is. I'm like, yeah, actually. And they were thinking maybe, and they were talking about different surgeries. Anyway, while we're doing that, there's a guy driving the opposite side, opposite direction in his car. He's driving, driving in his van. My man's head is fully out of his vehicle, turning back to look at this woman. And I just said to my wife, "You see how basic we are as men." I go that you can't be bad at him. I, go, I, I was doing the same thing, I just controlled my neck muscles. And then she was like, oh, what, did you notice her from before? I was like, yes. <laughs> I can't even say I noticed her. I could not tell you what this woman looked like in the face. We were just trying to work out whether her bob was real. That's how big it was. And I was like, I'm just going to try not to look. But yeah, man. But uh, yeah, come to America. Um, yeah. Those ladies are very talented. Very talented ladies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, listen, the film. I thought the film was cool. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, like I said, it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't know why anyone would think it was a masterpiece was coming. Some people wrote some real long think pieces on on the film. I was like, just chill out, man. Enjoy, enjoy the fucking film. It's not that deep. Um, then what else happened uh, this week? Um, sorry, my nose is flipping, tickling. Don't know why. Um, oh, let's see what else did I write down? That wasn't the one. Was that the one thing I wrote down? Was about Code to America? Yeah, that was it. That was the only thing I wrote down to talk about Code to America. Um, I haven't seen anything else this week. I've got a census form. Oh, census letter come through, so I need to fill that out as close to the 21st of March as possible. Um, which is cool. I'll do that. So David Lammy. 
crying about the census form, going, why can't I write that I'm black and English? And then people are just like, this is outrageous, how come she can't do that, that's outrageous. And then you've got, you got other people on the other side going, what you're crying about, you're just race baited, you don't even care, you would have just moaned if it was something else. There's other people who wasn't even reading what he's complaining about, why don't you just tick this box and it just said black British and not black and English, which was his actual point. Uh... And then you had other people go, well, English isn't ethnicity. It's so, it's, you know, and they say if you went, if white, when white people are in Africa, they're not ethnically African. They're not like Bantu or, you know, Zulu or whatever tribe, what should you say, ethnic group, not tribe, whatever ethnic group they're in. You know, if a white family were in Nigeria for a hundred years, they're not here, boy. They're not house, you know what I mean? They're not, they're, they will never become those things. Now, they could tick on the box they're Nigerian, but when it comes to ethnicity, the nationality is Nigerian. It comes to ethnicity, no. I think people forget England isn't a nationality. You can't have an English passport, so it's not a nationality. So you can cry as much as you want, Mr. Lamy, about that, but it's adequate. Black British is adequate. Now, I'll admit, it's not adequate when you can't just touch tick black and British because I think we're now getting to a point where there are people here whose all four of their grandparents have been born in the UK and they're black like they're not mixed they're like they're black all four of their grandparents are black born in the UK their two parents therefore are black born in the UK and they are born in the UK so now it's kind of getting a bit silly for them now for their kids to be writing black Caribbean you know what I mean? It's a bit weird to be like Black Caribbean on, on forms now because as much as like people of my generation who are first generation Brits, you know, are watching these kids grow up and they, they support England, the England football team, like unequivocally, there's there's no um and ah in for them. And we're like, they're not touching their roots. They, they're not connected to where they're from. They lost themselves. It's not, they ain't lost themselves. They're fucking two generations away from Jamaica is a tourist spot to them. Even for as much as we like to beg as 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 first generation people, when I go to Jamaica, I'm not Jamaican. I'm just not. Now, when I'm here, yeah, I'll say I'm Jamaican and stuff to you know to have the connection and that's my ethnicity, whatever. But I'm not actually Jamaican. Like it's just a completely different way of life. Like I'm not Jamaican. I'm culturally and behaviourally, whether you like it or not, you're probably more British. You born here, but the fact remains both my parents are from here. So for me, I'm very comfortable t- ticking Black Caribbean under the Black British uh, box thing, right? But for other, for for kids now, that what what the hell's Jamaica or Nigeria to them? Like they've got the surname maybe, and that's it. But it's it's not really, it's, it's like learning something at school. You, you're just learning the text on, on the paper. You, the feeling's not there. The connection's not there. And when you go there, you, you're not the same. You can't speak the language. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just different, man. So I, 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 so I, think I find it odd that on these forms, you either type Black Caribbean, Black African or Black Other. Um, which, yeah, which is odd. 
He says, you should be able to tick Black British as as a thing now, I, th- I believe, anyway. Um, but Black English, nah. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. No. Because um, I think under white, you have English, Welsh, and all those things. That's what they're arguing, going, how comes you're allowed, how comes you're white and you're... Because that, that is what ethnically an English person is. Someone says they're English, that's what it means. Now, one of the counter-arguments was if you're French, so all, let's say all four of your grandparents are French, and then you, both your parents are born here, then you can tick white English. Whereas ethnically, are you English there? See, now that's where it gets a bit... It gets a bit... You know what I mean? Because then you know you're not ethnically English, and now and you can now I wouldn't say you are, but then you can argue about how you um, identify yourself. They can identify themselves white English, but then the black person can't identify themselves as black English. So then it does get a bit techy. You get your Shamima Begum instances going on where really white is is right. White's the color of the of the country. So it. So, in some respects, I started this thing saying, David, now me be quiet. And now I've just talked it through on the pod. I've changed my mind a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe the box should be there. I wouldn't tick it. But you guess you've got to have limited boxes, right? You can't have boxes that... Where two people who are the same thing can tick two different boxes. Because then the, the form isn't fit for purpose then. You've got some people typing. Yeah, because you've got me who took Black Caribbean under Black British. Black Caribbean, sorry, Black British of Caribbean origin is my thing. That's what I would tick, ideally, if I was making a box. While someone else would write Black English. And that's like, what, what the hell is that? What are these, what are these uh, Afro-Saxons doing? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? Like, I... So yes, I guess the, the form, you need to kind of force people to tick the same thing. But yeah, for me, uh, there should be Black Caribbean, Black African. Well, Black British first, Black Caribbean, Black African, Black black other. And you say the description of what that is next to it. Maybe that's all you need. All it needs. Um, yeah, but the census form changes all the time. I guess they need to keep some of it consistent so they can check levels but the thing is all they really care about is how many blacks are in here so they don't care if you type black british black english as long as it comes under the box of black then they're like all right now we know now no it's too many of them um, <laughs> but yeah man we'll see we'll see you guys over that but um well so i see census form um i think we've got a completion date for the house so that could flipping happen that can happen soon, so fingers crossed, nothing goes wrong with that. Um, just a bit nervous about sending money to the solicitor, not because my solicitor's dodgy or anything, just it's a lot of money to be sending over to someone. I don't think I've ever transferred that much money to anyone for anything, so it's, that's going to be interesting. Um, what else has gone on this week? Anything in the news? Um, I don't think much as. Um, God, I guess you got the Harry and Meghan thing. Um, I guess I was asking people 
online about um this yeah so i was discussing about like mixed race people um i was asking other people's views i've got my view anyway that if you're mixed race you're mixed race it's that simple um i'm talking if you're part black so you've got a black parent and usually when from my generation when you say mixed race the immediate image that pops in your head is someone who's got a black parent and a white parent so i was comparing megan markle with rochelle humes so when the rochelle humes thing happened she wasn't black yeah when it, when it came to the documentary she wasn't black she's mixed race and it's out of order that she took the spot of a black woman now i know people talk about colorism there but i'll get back to that and then with Megan, because the way she's being treated, they're like, they're treating her like this because she's a black woman. It's like, wait, so is our mixed race with we black or not? Like, we've kind of been pushing, pulling them in and out of the argument. Same with that when Megan married Prince Harry, everyone's like, hey, he's married a black woman. But then if a black guy was to marry someone that looked like Megan, a lot of people are like, mm, typical typical went for the light-skinned girl or we went for the mixed race girl you see what i mean i think sometimes just like the whole colorism thing within our race it, it's just like it's it's destructive isn't it like so i was just asking that question it was interesting like some people just like the things people say about mixed race people like yeah well they're confused it's like you're speaking on their behalf that they're confused i'm like that that's odd um but my, yeah but my thing is, um, so with the Rochelle and Kansas Braithwaite thing with the documentary, where else? Uh, I think the evidence of what was shown and what Candace said herself, that it was two different production companies. I don't think colorism was the deal there. Um, but my thing is this, if it is colorism, then do you have to be the same race for colorism to exist? Because if you're not the same race, then is that just not racism then? Like, if you picked a light-skinned Asian person over a darker-skinned black person, would you say that's colorism, or would you just say that's just racism, you picked an Asian person instead? You know what I mean? Like, what, how, does that, how does that work then? Um, so, yeah. And then we was discussing that, whether if mixed race is just a lighter shade of black. Like, what does that mean? Like, because then there's some mixed race people who are darker than me. And both of my parents and all four of my grandparents are black so um i don't know it's just like sometimes i feel like with some of these issues we we tie ourselves in knots we tie ourselves in knots man just uh, a lot of infighting about silly little things um but with the megan thing though let's get onto that um by the way just to tie that thing up with the candice braithwaite thing that's not to say that candice braithwaite wasn't she might have been screwed over and she just released a statement to you know smooth things over but actually talking about a documentary has a documentary come out or is it ever going to come out have i missed it or did we just have the whole in-fight beef thing and then the documentary never came out and the important message has never been heard like what's what's going on with that i don't know but the megan thing megan and harry i watched harry's interview with james corden uh, that was interesting and fun um waiting for the the tell all to tell all um damaging shocking interview with oprah winfrey i'm not sure when that's being released 
I just find it so odd, man. Just um, well, I don't find it odd. I, mean, I get it. I understand why people like this. I don't agree with them. I just think that they're, they're weird. Um, but yeah, the the whole everyone being upset in this country. My wife says because you don't actually care about the royal family, Darren. So you don't feel they're actually a part of your identity. That Britishness. And I was like, it's true. There are some people who flipping got mad excited about the royal wedding, and then. They think it's the royal family's theirs, like really touches their heart. Like you see some people talking on news nights, like we need to think about Prince Philip, he's he's ill. Uh, uh, uh. I'm like, one, he's not your granddad. Two, he's six million years old. All right. And three, he he says some horrible things. <laughs> it's not about deserving to die. You're 99, mate. Like it's not a tragedy if he dies. Like, it's not. Like, that sounds harsh, but it's not a tragedy if he dies. Like, um, it's fair for people to be upset and mourn when anyone dies, but it's not like his life's been cut short. Like, he had so many more things to do and achieve. No. No. It, it's ridiculous. So, um... And just people saying, I can't believe they're doing this document, this uh, interview when he's ill. So I don't understand how pre-recordings work. Stupid. It's annoying me. And then the, the palace releasing their bullying complaints two and a half years after it happened. Pathetic. And then this whole thing of, oh, she wants... And then like, they try to blame her. Okay, this is, sex. This is like the overriding... Well, you've got you you've got the sexism and the racism, and we've got the sexism bit that she's led him astray. Oh, this kind of Jezebel character, which guesses racism, as well. So, oh no, she's taken away our prince. How dare she? Like, the amount of times I've seen people in it, he goes, he doesn't look happy. He just ain't happy. He isn't. He isn't happy. It's like, what are you talking about? But I see a lot of guys who are like that anyway. Right, that's like a really basic guy thing to do when it comes to like relationships. Like whenever a guy picks to do something with his wife or stuff like there's this there's few there's one comedian, right? I won't say his name. And there he sees me, he always makes a joke about me being married and how I look dead in the ice. And he doesn't realise, no, I'm just bored of talking to you, mate. That's it. About this, about this topic. I don't talk to you about because you're immature and I don't think you've ever maintained a relationship. So I don't talk to you about it. It's annoying. <laughs> that's that's what that's what's happening behind my eyes. You're putting the light out in my eyes. Um but uh <laughs> Ah dear. But what I was saying, um yeah, so with Harry Mega thing, like they're, they're trying to say, oh, he, that she's taking him away. He's like, no, 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 he, she's not. She's not. He's a man. He can do what he wants. If if he is being bullied by her, then he's pathetic. It's not her fault. Right? But I doubt that's happening a lot. Um, and then people saying about if she, they don't want to be in the spotlight, but, oh, they keep on doing these interviews. They don't want to be in the spotlight, but here they are, lo and behold, publicising this and announcing they're pregnant and that and that and that but they don't want the spotlight they want privacy then why don't you fuck off then yeah. 
you travel to America and stay there, it. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Because the, the analogy for me is this. If I've got a mobile phone, yeah, I've got a mobile phone, and let's say the press is someone who's in my phone. They're a contact. The British press are contact my phone, and they keep calling me, and they call me at stupid o'clock in the morning, and they text me abusive things, and then they share my number around to people, and they start saying stupid things to me on my phone, and they... And then they, and they keep on sharing messages that I've apparently said to them and they make up messages that I've sent to them, right? I may change my phone number. Yeah? Imagine that that's the metaphor. I may change my phone number. I may change my phone. I may change my provider. Well, so let's, yeah. So actually, keep on this. So that's the press, contact me. Now, the royal family are my phone provider. Now, I go to the royal family. I'm a part of it, apparently. I go to them. Let's say it's uh, Vodafone. So, like, oi, could you stop this nonsense number from happening? And Vodafone go, uh, well, you know, what are we going to do? They shrug their shoulders. So I go, fuck that phone contact. Fuck Vodafone. I'm leaving. Vodafone's the royal family, by the way, in this metaphor. So I'm saying, fuck Vodafone. Fuck them. Fuck that number. I'm gone. And then I get a new, pull out a new contract with EE. I've got, I've moved somewhere else. New number, EE. And now I'm posted on Instagram and I'm tweeting and I'm texting and I'm making calls on my phone. And then all you morons out there are going, I thought you didn't like phones. It's like, no, that wasn't what was happening. You mouth breathing moron. <laughs> it's like, I thought you didn't like phones. That's what everyone's doing. I thought they didn't like the media. It's funny they're in the media. No, I don't mind talking to people about things I want to talk about based in truth. Or at least my actual opinion. But if you're just going to make up fucking lies and make up my opinion, I may not want to talk to you. It's just so flipping jarring. Oh, man. Um, the budget come out this week as well. They had that. Um, NHS or healthcare, their budget got slashed. They just snuck that in round the back. Because I was thinking, you know, I'm an accountant, so I'm watching the budget being announced. And each time he was just like, we're going to freeze this. I'm like, okay, okay. So that's no money coming in and stuff. And like, you know, and then I thought, where's the money coming from? Where is it coming from? Like, you've got to actually get the money back at some point. And he goes, yeah, so corporation tax is going up in two years' time. I'm like, that's where they're getting the money from. It's not guaranteed because that gives businesses enough time to just piss off somewhere else. Or you start dumping loads of stuff to your P&L so you don't make any profit, therefore you don't pay any tax. And then he goes, but we're going to add this new super saving thing where you can save 130% tax. I'm like, hold on. So then you're not going to get any money from from businesses either. Where's this money coming from? And then through the back door, they they people look at the budget. Go, oh, they've cut the health budget by 10, no, 30 billion, something like that. I'm not sure over how many years that is. And NHS staff getting a pay rise of 1%. Well done. Cheers for your help with the pandemic. Could have tried harder, though. Chin up, lads. Lads and ladies. Frontline workers risking your life. Thanks, we clapped you on the Thursday. That was your pay rise. Now piss off. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what is going on? You know what? The one people, one set of people would have got a pay rise would have been bloody frontline staff, NHS. What a slap in their face! What an absolute slap in their face! Um, I saw Fear of Pathetis mention this about the budget. So it's this kind of thing of we need to pay that money back, need to pay that money back. We understand the budget, people. If you don't understand the budget and stuff, um, so we have debt in this country, but the debt is to ourselves, it's the Bank of England. So we're borrowing from ourselves. So it's not real money. Now, the reason why you don't over borrow or just write that off is because then you destabilize your currency. You need to actually have value and have like interest rates that are comparable or they're cheaper than your high street interest rates. All these things need to be the same. So the country treats itself like a customer of itself. You see, does that make sense? So for example, if you were intending to, so if you say, right, I um, I want a minimum of 20 grand in my bank account at all times. That's me, that's me healthy. When you say spend loads of money, you're now, you've got 10 grand in your bank account, yeah? You're now, if you're running yourself like a country, you would put that down on your books as you owe yourself 10,000 pounds. Therefore, you should actually stop spending on other things and make sure you can save that money or get a better job or whatever, increase your income to make sure you get that £10,000 so you can get back to £20,000. That, that's where you want to be, your £20,000 savings. And you owe yourself that money. But what most of us do, we just run our bank accounts down to zero or in overdraft. We're actually in real debt to someone else. But you're in debt to yourself. So that's what the country does. So you don't actually have to pay it back straight away. And what Fear Pathetis said is we should be treating this COVID thing as it's a one-off. It's crazy. We do have to pay it back, but treat it like a mortgage. Don't try to rush to pay it back. Just make the economy grow. Therefore, increase your income as a country and pay yourself back slowly over 10, 15, 20 years. It's one of those things that when you have a war, for example, when you have a war, you don't go, bang, well, we've had a war, now we need to pay ourselves back because we spent shed loads of money on building military stuff and, you know I mean, bolstering the country and, and you know, uh, what's the word? It's, it begins with B, but it's not bolstering. Basically making your country stronger. Um, fortifying? Maybe fortifying, let's use that word. You spend all your money doing that, after a war, you, every country that's involved in the war is in debt, like trillions of debt after a war. But you don't just go, shit, better pay that back now, so let's shut hospitals. You don't do that. You go, right, we pay it back over time. You pay it back over time like a mortgage, I'll pay myself back. So like in my me in my metaphor there, that you've, you've saved 20 grand, yeah, you've had to spend 10 grand of your own money that you didn't want to touch, so you owe yourself that money. But the 10 grand you spent, you don't spend on something trivial, you spend on something like an investment, maybe. Treat like an investment, or it's an emergency where you had to spend that 10 grand. You then go, right, I'll pay myself back, but I'm going to save uh, £200 each month, and I'll pay myself back slowly over years because I can't afford to not pay my mortgage, I can't afford to not pay. For my car, I can't afford not pay for my travel to work, I can't afford to not pay for all the groceries, I need to pay for all these things, my income's still the same, but 
maybe I could, maybe I do something to increase my income, like I'm saying the country should do, and they will get more money in then. But I don't know. I'm not an economist. I'm not a treasurer. Um, I, I don't I don't work in government, so I'm sure they know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean I'm not sure they know what they're doing, but we'll see. We'll see. Right, what else um, has been going on? I don't think anything else has been going on. Um, let's see, how long have we been talking for? Until 36 minutes. That's not bad for someone who had nothing to talk about. Um, is there anything that's breaking on Twitter so I could be the first one to talk about it? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, hashtag Harry and Meghan on Oprah. Is it actually on TV now? Oh, where is it? Where is it? What channel? Um, let's see. Well, well, I will I'll find it and watch it later if it's on somewhere. I need to find that. I don't think I'll be able to find it quickly. Oh, Rangers won the league title. Well done, Rangers. Well, we were in. Yeah, just in March. Jesus Christ. Um, right. Well done, Stephen Gerrard. I mean, it's a two-team league, but whatever. Um, right. Let's uh, get on to Deirdre. Deirdre. Um, Alright, fine by me. Jeez, right. There you go. Dear Deirdre, this is... Woohoo! Dear Deirdre, I've lost all respect for my girlfriend after finding her secret bag of BDSM sex toys. Okay. Dear Deirdre, finding my girlfriend's secret bag of BDSM sex toys has made me ask myself how well I really know her. I thought we had so much in common. Both of our previous partners cheated on us and trusted someone new was a big step for us both. Okay, well, maybe she hasn't got to that stage yet of, you know, telling you that she likes 40-inch dildos in the butt. No. <laughs> I don't know. How she got there? I don't know. She wants to be whipped to the face. She wants to whip you in the face, mate. Then what you got to do? You're going to be... Think about how strong you go in on this, mate. Don't go, why don't you just share with me? I would do anything to make you happy. And you think you're putting things in her and slapping her. She goes, nah, nah, my guy. You put your balls on the chopping board. I like knife play in bed. You, what are you going to do then? Committed. Anyway, I'm 44. Uh, I went through an awful divorce. Before I met my partner, who's 41. I wanted nothing to do with women after I moved out of the family home. And that is how it stayed for the next two years. Until I met my girlfriend at a local open air concert. That was three years ago. And I never fancied anyone as much. But we took it steadily and started dating properly after a couple of months. She still has her own place. Where she lives with her two daughters who are 14 and 13. And I have my own home. Sexually, she introduced me to things I'd never experienced before. Which was really exciting. We used handcuffs, blindfolds and much more. Mate, she's easing you in. Just wait your turn. It's coming. But you jumped the gun and started rummaging through her stuff. You weirdo. I thought it, uh, I was pretty experienced. As I slept with 15 or so other women. What do you mean 15 or so? Is it 15 or not? Sound like you slept with two. You goddamn virgin. <laughs> Uh, but I realised how limited my sex life had been. Yeah, because you just thought it's by numbers, not by actual experiences. You weirdo. Um, she says she's only had two partners before me. Okay. Yet judging from the contents of that bag, she's clearly tried things I'd never even heard of. I found a stash of BDSM toys when I was helping her 
uh, set up a new garden shed. Some of her tools were in her loft and I accidentally picked up the wrong box and the contents of the box were jaw-dropping. She had a full body restraint kit, ball gag, whips and a flogger. There were contraptions in there that left me dumbfounded, all spikes and long poles. How can my girlfriend be who I thought she was when she has all this extreme gear? I don't know how to talk to about this. I feel like I've lost all respect for her. That's you, mate. That's you. Right? Because that, that's not my thing. But how are you going to lose respect for this woman that you apparently love and like? Because she's got sex toys. Not even like sex toys in her drawer that she's using behind your back. They're in the fucking attic, mate. Meaning she's probably not used them that much anyway. Yeah, like right, let's say she used them and she needs them. Well, she's decided she doesn't need them because she's with you. And let's say she's just forgot about because she doesn't. She don't need them. So just forgotten about. Oh yeah, forgot about that box. Yeah, it's there. In case we ever want to spice things up. She's 41, mate. Her relationship's gone like left, right, up, down, inside, out. And she's like, right, let's just keep it spicy. Let's add this, add that. She might have liked it. Who knows? Who bloody knows, mate? But I'm just saying that it's just chill, isn't it? Just bloody chill. Um, yeah, just talk to women. Say you found the box. And um, try not to be judgmental. Then she might come out with her real thoughts about it. If you go, oh my God, what the hell's in this box? She might just lie and be like, oh, I don't know, don't... Yeah? For you know, you might like that stuff, mate. Who knows? Anyway, debt despair. I fear we'll lose our home after taking out a loan we didn't even want. Jesus, how does this happen? Dear Deirdre, a loan we didn't even want has ruined our lives. That This we didn't even want. I'm trying to understand how you take out a loan you didn't even want. I'm not feeling sympathetic at the moment, but let me read and see if I am. Ten years ago, we were cold called by someone who persuaded me a £35,000 loan he offered was a really good deal. I'm 63, my wife is 61. So he was 53 when this happened. Not 5, not 3, not 15, not 13. 53. And some random person called you on the phone and go, you want 35 grand, mate? Is that £1,000 APR? 1,000% APR? Uh, yeah, what, what's that? No, don't worry. Anyway, a couple of months after the loan came through, a different firm told us it had been sold on to them. At that point, we discovered the loan was secured against our house. How? How does that happen? It can't be secured against your house. You've got a mortgage. Your mortgage lender would not let this happen. They can't. It's an invalid charge. They can't secure it against your house without your mortgage lender's consent. Bullshit, they cannot do it. It's not enforceable. I'm not sure how hard you go just to go fuck it off. I'm not paying you anymore. Uh, because you might still be able to be declared like bankrupt and that. But yeah, it's not secured against your house. So you're not losing your house. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um... Now this company has told us we must repay the entire loan by September. Again, if that's not the original terms of your loan, then they can't just change the terms of your loan to say you have to repay it early and all of it. Nope, cannot happen. Cannot happen at all. Over the past 10 years, we've 
uh, we have paid £400 a month and still owe exactly the same amount. Can't you see how you're being robbed? This this debt don't exist. Because I say 10 years, you paid £400 a month. What's that? What's, what's t- uh, £400 times 12 times 10. Yeah, you paid 48 grand. Now, granted, yeah, with like, there'll be interest on the debt. But where's the where's the loan agreement? There's no way you still owe the same amount. That's impossible. Impossible. Regardless how that's been amortised, impossible that you'll, you owe the same amount. Um, I'm really worried we'll lose our home. Listen. Um, yeah, I, I think you've just been missold this loan anyway. So you'll probably be able to get it written off. So just go, uh, go get some um, legal advice. Go like sit to the advice bureau or somewhere. Don't just don't don't wait for someone to cold call you with legal advice. Go find it. I think you'll be all right. Just gotta uh, be brave, ride it out, get the advice though. But there's no way this loan is so dodgy. You can't change the terms of the loan, and I've paid you for ten years, and yet I've not dented the principle of the loan at all. Just I've only been paying interest. Piss off. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. So scared. Um, my neighbours have told everyone I'm a benefits cheat and I'm making my life hell. Well, are you a benefits cheat? Because if you are, then tough shit. But um, <laughs> if you're like, if I, hey, I'm not mad at people who game the system. I'm just saying, if you are game the system and you get caught out, you can't cry that you've been caught out. You can only cry if you're not a benefits cheat and like something's been misunderstood and now you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Now, if I rob someone's car, I can't be upset that people are calling me a thief. A bloody car thief. So it's just unfair. I've got their car on my drive, I know, but I, I didn't steal it. No, it doesn't work. Anyway, dear Deirdre, my ground floor flat was my sanctuary and home for more than 20 years. But, there, but that was destroyed four years ago when people moved into the flat above. They turned the other neighbours against me and do everything they can to make my life difficult for me. Right, how how's this happened? You was in that house for 20 years and yet your new neighbours have managed to turn your old neighbours against you. That makes me feel like you didn't really have a good relationship with your neighbours before. Like, if I've been on the street for 20 years, you think some new person could move into my street and turn people against me? Are you nuts? Are you nuts? It's different if, like, you've got a neighbour you've already got beef with. And then they turn the new people against you. I understand that. But the new person can't turn people against you. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, they throw dirty water off their balcony onto my washing below. Leave their rubbish in the front garden and block in my car. Ah, this is horrible, man. I woke up yesterday to find the plants and pots in my garden destroyed and the windows in my little shed smashed. This is horrible. I'm so scared. I'm 59 and disabled. But they've told everyone that I, that I am nothing but a benefits cheat. Why are people doing something? Where are your family? I guess not everyone has a family. I need to stop saying that. But yeah, well, where are they? Uh, but yeah, that sounds like um, it sounds like you could call the police potentially though if your property's being damaged. 
So yeah, no, fuck that. That's horrible. I didn't like that at all. Especially she's a bit older. That's yeah, that's not nice. Jeez, don't the neighbours where we move on our souls. I walked past one of their windows and saw that it looked like an absolute bomb site in their in their living room. And um I'd fully judged them. I was like, when we move in, I was gonna knock and introduce myself to them, but don't think I will. The house is flipping huge as well, so it's just funny what stereotype you have in your head that the house is huge, so I'm at your well-to-do people in there. It's like, no, no, scumbags get money too, so I don't know, maybe it's just untidy. I'll go for a walk and have a look through the window again, like a thief, like a burglar, and have a look through the window and see how messy that that, uh, room is again. But yeah, I'll definitely introduce myself, having... Don't you need to even be good mates with your neighbours. Just knowing each other's face to say, all right, well, you're not near your house. That's how well you need to know that person's face. That if you're now at the shops or you're in town, that where you go, you all right, they know that's you. Oh, yeah, that's the person who lives at number 54. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they know that's you. You, you can't have your neighbours not, not have a clue who they are. Because it's just, yeah. It's just different, man. Like, so where I grew up, because everyone on that street lived there for years. Like, years before I was born. So everyone just knew each other. And then people had kids who weren't exactly the same age. But there's a group of us all born within, like, I guess maybe, like, eight years of each other. And you go from oldest to youngest. Um, yeah, probably about eight years. That, yeah, because well, maybe maybe a bit more than that, maybe ten. But uh, yeah, just that you all kind of knew each other. So someone who's so like I said so it's a ten year age gap. So the one who's the oldest would have a younger brother who's like three years younger than him, and they might have another brother who's two years younger than him, who's best friends with someone who has a younger brother who's two years younger. So then. You had people all kind of knew each other, and that was my street and stuff. But um, and I think that's how it should be, right? Community. Um, well, no, man. Anyway, I think that's the end of the pod. Um, because I can't really be bothered to read any more dear Jeezy's. I've been talking for almost an hour. My throat is dry, and <laughs> I want to watch Man United versus Manchester City. So um, I'm pissing off. Seeing you guys later, um, and I'll speak to you next week. This has been episode 214 of Griff Brain Dub, and it's me, Griff. Bye.